What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Simply Serie A podcast brought to you by the 90 Min Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and I'm delighted to be joined once again by the brilliant Tommy Milanese. Tommy, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Good weekend. Cheers, mate. Yeah, very good. Um, as, as you well know, um, I'm a Spurs man here in England. I work for the club and was at the gift stadium yesterday. Atmosphere was buzzing, but... That's not probably what you want to hear, is it? <laughs> well, Spurs at top of the league and Arsenal at bottom top of the league. Of the I never league. thought I'd see the day, but it is what it is. <laughs> Unbelievable. Very good atmosphere. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> and uh, welcome back to the show, Vittorio. How were your holidays, my friend? Well, I'm top of the league as, as well, right? Because <laughs> is top of the league, goal difference. So, True. yeah, I'm enjoying it. And top scorer as well. <laughs> yep, obviously. We're going to talk yeah. about Chile Mobile and the 433, I presume. Of course, of course. Uh, let's quickly run you through the results uh, from week two in Serie A, starting with the games that took place on Friday night. It was Hellas Verona 1, Inter Milan 3, Udinese 3, Venezia 0. On Saturday, it was Juventus 0, Empoli 1. Fiorentina defeated Torino by two goals to one. Lazio destroyed Spezia with a 6-1 win. And Atalanta were held to a 0-0 draw at home by Bologna. On Sunday, Roma defeated Salernitana comfortably with a 4-0 away win. AC Milan uh, defeated Cagliari by four goals to one. Sassuolo and Sampdoria played a played out a 0-0 draw and Genoa uh, suffered a 2-1 defeat at home to Napoli. Uh, we're going to kick off. I want to talk first um, about the game between Juventus and Empoli. I think that's the big story here uh, from this weekend. I don't think many people saw that result coming. Newly promoted side, obviously, uh, winning at Juve. But first of all, I'm going to come to you, Vittorio, because we haven't recorded a show since the news broke that Cristiano Ronaldo is returning to the Premier League and is joining Manchester United. We expect that deal to be confirmed any time now. Myself and Tommy talked last week about how Juve were looking at life beyond Ronaldo and that that was probably something Allegri had in his mind and then that news broke in the, the sort of coming days first of all what kind of impact do you think that will have on Juve will it have a negative impact because we know he's a great player but we also know that their football was geared at times maybe a little too much around him and we know that he was a huge strain on the club's resources well, you know, if you're talking about the pitch, I think the impact would be massive. It would be huge. Talking about Cristiano Ronaldo not being the player he used to be, which is right. But let's not forget, he has been the top scorer of this team. So, you know, you're taking off your top scorer 
uh, I can understand financially the movement because that was a huge risk, but we know it since day one. But he's probably the best player on the team. And my biggest concern is that you sell Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, he wanted to leave, so you had to sell him. And you replace me, replace him with Keane? Seriously? I mean, are we, are we saying that Keane is the right player that can replace Cristiano Ronaldo? Uh, we, we have to be honest. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was getting older. Uh, obviously, he, he was the focus of the team, but he was helping Juventus in many ways. He scored so many important goals last year. Uh, without Cristiano Ronaldo, Juventus would have made it in the Champions League last year. So I think it's a huge loss. And in particular, replacing him with, with Keane, not with Icardi or someone else, I think that's a big, big mistake. My idea is that Juventus wasn't expecting this. We heard in the last weeks, uh, Pavel Nedved saying Cristiano is staying, no doubt about that. Allegri saying Cristiano is staying, I have no doubt. And then suddenly Cristiano said, no, I'm leaving. And they were surprised in 48 hours, 72 hours till the transfer market window closed. They couldn't prepare nothing. And then I think this is a massive drop uh, for, for Juventus. And it's exciting for a Serie A fan because it makes the league so, so more intriguing, interesting for who's going to win the Scudetto. But for a Juventus fan, I would be really, really concerned because in the last couple of years, I don't know if you agree with me, they made so many mistakes that this team from dominated the, the league is not even the best team anymore. Yeah, I mean, to Tommy, do you agree that this is a significant blow for Juve? Because, I mean, we talked about how life after Ronaldo was something that would have been in Juve's thinking. But do you agree with Vittorio that it came as a little bit of a surprise, you know, and, and the fact that it has come as a surprise has caught them off guard and left them maybe a little bit short now? Yeah, for sure it came as a surprise. Um, yeah, Nedved and Allegri said he was staying, but Cristiano himself did a post on Instagram saying, uh, well, he didn't say I'm staying, but he said all these transfer news are coming out or all, you know, BS, whatever. He posted a picture of him with the, with the shush finger. Um, so, yeah, nobody expected it, I think, even inside Juventus. Um, it, it's just it's just a very sad situation, and I, I think he lives on winners, really, because Cristiano came to Juventus praising about winning the Champions League. He wanted to win it with the different teams in different country, and he didn't. And he left Juventus as a much weaker team than when he arrived. So he's not the winner in the situation. Juventus is not, of course, because, like we said, um, he had a great player for three years, but he didn't achieve that much. He definitely didn't achieve what they wanted. And again, they have a much weaker team than they had before. And it's also, um, the it's also bad for the Serie A itself because after Lukaku and Hakimi, we lost one of, one of the best players in the world. Um, and it really makes you think about um, where the Serie A is going. It's probably... It's probably a result of, of obviously the pandemic and COVID. We know that Italian clubs suffer more than English clubs because obviously they're not as rich. Um, but yes, yeah, so something that makes you think is that the MVPs of last year, so Donnarumma was the MVP goalkeeper, PSG. Romero was the um, centre-back, the defenders, MVP, Spurs. Barella was the midfielder, is the only one who stayed. Then the striker was Ronaldo and the MVP of all, it was Lukaku. So four, four out of five of these left the league. Um, and that really tells you where is this league going from here. It's been going through a great trajectory in the last years um, of becoming bigger and bigger. And I think last year was probably the pinnacle with um, Inter, with Lukaku, one of the best strikers in the world, and Ronaldo in the same league. 
Conte, one of the best managers in the world, and a lot of people gain interest in it, in, even abroad. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the same case for this year. Um, a lot of the striker having, you know, the core plays, like we thought said, Ronaldo with Keane, but even Lukaku with Jack, which is a great player, of course, but he's 35 years old. He was already in the league. Um, Akimi got um, re- replaced with Dumfries, which he looks like a great player, and I'm sure the world would enter, but it makes you think if he does two good seasons, he might go to Chelsea or Man United for 80 million or whatever. Um, so I want a bit of topic here, but going back on Juventus, um, yeah, I, f- I think it's it's huge, it's huge for them. What they're really missing, in my opinion, well, of course, is good footballers, but also leaders. If you think about Juventus, how it was not too many years ago, they had a midfield of Pirlo, Marchisio, Pogba, Vidal. It tells you all that not only great players but great leaders on the pitch. Now they're yeah. playing with Rabiot, Ramsey. Uh, not offense to any of these, of course, they are a great player, but it's not the same, isn't it? And and Tommy talked about leaders. Now the leader is still Chiellini, who had a terrific Euro, but can he play a long season like the Serie A one? He didn't last year. It was a miracle to have him available for the Euros, right? And yeah. he's the leader. Chiellini and Bonucci are the leaders of this team. The two great players, but very old. We already saw Chiellini the last couple of years struggling to play, to be fit. Uh, you cannot be a team like Juventus with Chiellini, your, your leader, your best player. I mean, uh, you should start from youngster, quality youngster, and build up from that. If Chiellini and Bonucci are your leader, then there's something wrong. And... I think people are not saying it too much, but I think Andrea Agnelli have done a disaster in the last three years. Tommy talked about money, which is perfect, but let's not forget that Juventus is the team that has biggest revenue in Italy and made so many bad signings, starting probably from Cristiano Ronaldo. But from that, only mistake, Arthur, Arthur, what is he doing? I mean, is it really worth that money? We are seeing Chesney doing terrible mistakes. A lot of players signed by Juventus in the last couple of years had a terrible impact. And now we're seeing a team that is not organized, uh, that lost against Empoli. And I saw Empoli against Lazio. And Empoli is not going to get to the Europe League or the Champions League, (laughs) but has a very good manager. It's very well organized and has an idea of football, clear idea of football. So if you're going to play against Empoli, and you are not very well organized, you're going to struggle. I'm not surprised about the defeat of Juventus against Empoli because Empoli is a very good team, very well organized. The press very high. And if your middle field is terrible, like Juventus is, you're going to struggle. And that's what happened to Juventus. So be careful with Empoli because, again, they're going to fight for relegation, etc. But they play a great football and they're going to put a lot of team in trouble. Yeah, and the la- just to finish on, on Ronaldo, just the last thing to say for me is he, he was a huge bet, wasn't he? Like we all knew it, even at the time when he when they bought him. Um, Juventus was in a great trajectory. They started all the way back in 2006 and they got relegated for, for other reasons. And then uh, they go back to Serie A. Then a few years later, they won the league and then they won the league every year. Uh, and then they started doing well in the Champions League and then reached the pinnacle of football, which was the final Champions League twice in, in three years. So they, they wanted to do something that was going to make them go the extra step and become a dominant team in Europe, like all, all the others. 
Um, and what did they think that was? Was to buy one of the best players in the world, Ronaldo. They knew it was going to be a bet. Um, it was going to. It was a very, a very hard bet to win. But I think the pandemic maybe made it much worse. Um, yep. If there hadn't been a pandemic, maybe things would have been different. But because of the huge economic uh, impact of Ronaldo and then the pandemic together, Juventus didn't have any money and they had to go on free transfers. But even then, uh, free transfers can be a great deal. But you have huge salaries to pay. Like Ramsey, they got him for free. He's on 400k a week. I'm talking pounds. 400k a week. And it's ridiculous. Crazy. Crazy it's ridiculous. money. Ridiculous. So, so yeah, R2, um, Rabiot, uh, all these all this players, even McKennie, which did well, uh, did pretty good last season, but of course it's not that level. If you think the players that Juventus had before Ronaldo came and the players they have now, it's a much, much weaker yep. team. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And, and just kind of talking about matters on the pitch for a minute, and I'll, I'll come to you just quickly on this, Tommy. Um, you know, Juve, they've started the season with a bit of a stutter draw at Udinese, defeat against Empoli. And, and there was a lot of hype around Allegri coming back. I know here in the UK, people were sort of writing off Inter, given that they'd lost Conte and the players that they'd lost. And, and Juve were seemingly going into another season with Cristiano Ronaldo and Max Allegri back at the helm, only to see them start in this way. And I know it's very early and I know you can't rule Juventus out of the title race two weeks into the season. But do you worry for Juventus under Allegri, do you think it's going to take some time for him to kind of get his feet back under the table and pick up where he kind of left off previously? Yeah, it will take some time. Um, everything we said doesn't mean that Juventus is going to do a terrible season and they're going to lose every weekend. I still think they'll do well. Um, they, they, they're a much weaker team than they used to be before Ronaldo, like I said, but they still have some quality players that can change the game uh, in, in, you know, in every moment, like Paulo Dybala. Is of course a big talking point now nowadays um, because basically every year people question is this Dybala's year is this Dybala's year and never is um, this year it could well be uh, I think he suffered a lot playing with Ronaldo before Ronaldo was playing much better and much more often as well um, yeah I think Allegri is a, is a is a good man to take this uh, team who is not full of um, workless players like we said it's, there's a lot of average player a few good ones. Um, I think he's a good he's a good manager to take the best out of them and to, like I said, one of them, Dybala, I think he'll do a good season. Um, and now the international break has got a little time to organize, um, and I think after that he will probably go on a on a on a winning streak that will take him top of, on top of the league. I'm not saying they're going to win. In my opinion, they're not going to finish first or even second, uh, but they would be definitely be up there to 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 challenge for the Champions League. One thing I said before, I think the level of Serie A is not as strong as it used to be now with um, the world-class players leaving and man world-class managers leaving. So I think, if, although they're not they're not nearly as good as they used to be, there's still there's still a shower for um, for the top spots. For sure. Uh, let's move on uh, to Lazio's big win. I know Vittorio is uh, desperate to talk about it. Uh, Lazio 6, uh, Spezia 1. Spezia actually took the lead, but Lazio responded instantly and completely uh, blew them out of the water. Vittorio, special shout out for Chiro Mobile, who was fantastic. Got a first half hat-trick despite missing a penalty as well. Um, I think at the Euros, people were kind of looking at Immobile for as someone who would do sort of huge things. And I think he kind of 
went a little bit under the radar, didn't he, in the, the back end of the tournament? He didn't always stay on the pitch for the entire game. And, and there was a lot of debate around whether he should be starting. But he's proving all his doubters wrong again, isn't he? Yes. And the thing is, people were saying that Ciro Mobile couldn't play in a 4 3 3. He has been capocannoniere with Torino with that scheme. I think in the national team, it was different. The number nine should have provided assists and chances to the wingers. We know Chiesa is a winger, but it's a winger who likes to score, doesn't provide a lot of assists. So playing close to him and Berardi, it's very different to play close to Pedro and Felipe Anderson. So that's that's the biggest reason why Immobile didn't score that much. Um, Lazio is a little bit of a surprise because with moving from Inzaghi to Sarri, it's two completely different words. So um, Lazio is trying to evolve, to improve and understand the Sarri ball. Unfortunately, both against Empoli and against Spezia, the first five minutes, the defence was terrible and that's why Lazio went down immediately. But when attacking, this team is uh, amazing. I would say that it's very interesting to see Lazio playing this season. So uh, where they can arrive, it's too early to say. I mean, there's Milan-Lazio next uh, after the break, so that's going to be a very interesting match. But I think with Juventus losing those play Cristiano Ronaldo, Inter losing Lukaku and Akimi, I think there's a chance for every every team to fight for the top four position, I think. So this will make it interesting. Um, Empoli was a good test. Spezia, I don't think it's going to be a very competitive team till they have Thiago Motta as, as their manager. But, you know, I think, I think after the break, we're going to have more tests because there's Napoli Juventus, Lazio Milan. So we, we're finally going to see how really this team are playing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you mentioned just quickly uh, Thiago Motta there. He's not got a great reputation, has he, in no. Italy? They're not, they're not proud. <laughs> no, and, and honestly, I don't know what Tommy thinks about it. I don't understand how he got another team, and you know, <laughs> another bench after what he did before. I think managers like that should start from the third division and, and go up if they perform well. You know, it's the same thing about Andrea Pirlo. How can Andrea Pirlo start from Juventus? You know, first team he managed is the best team in, in Italy. He should have started from uh, third division, fourth division, Primavera. I don't know. But they make mistakes and you see it. Uh, same thing, Tiago Motta. Uh, they talk about him like, ah, he's the new uh, Zeman, he's uh, Mourinho, etc. I never <laughs> saw him doing nothing good, honestly. So, you know, I don't know how, why Spezia choose him. Probably... We are talking about a football where the agent are so important. If you have the good agent, you're going to find a team. If you are a great player or a great manager, but don't have an agent or don't have a good agent, you're going to struggle. And this is not very good for football, I think. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. And I'm sure, uh, well, I'm not sure that he's even going to last the season. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, just just finally on uh, Lazio Vittorio, uh, for those of, of our listeners who, who do follow the Premier League, Felipe Anderson is a very interesting player. Came to West Ham, massive hopes. Uh, didn't really fulfill that potential, but looks at home again at Lazio, doesn't he? And are you delighted to have him back? Uh, you know, it was a question mark for me, to be honest with you, because after three years where he did very, very little, I was a little bit uh, uncertain of what we will get. Uh, but 
Felipe Anderson is the type of player who has to feel the love from everybody, from the manager, from the fans, from the players. And he feels at home at Rome. Uh, against Spezia, he played very well, especially in the second half. Uh, I think he still can improve. The problem with Felipe Anderson is his talented is undoubted. He could be, you know, at the level of the best players. Unfortunately, he's not able to play 90 minutes at the same level. And in the season, he can play three matches very well, then disappear for the next four and so on. So that's the question mark. And Sadi said it. My, my job will be understand why Felipe Anderson has this moment where he disappeared. And I will try to learn and understand why he has them and how to make them disappear. Uh, I think we saw, saw an improvement from Felipe Anderson against Spezia. But the most important thing is he's very good defending. Uh, already in the last two matches of Lazio, he was very helpful when Lazio was struggling in defense. And he came back, uh, made tackles, recovered the ball, etc. So that's, that's really important because nowadays attackers have to even do the defense, help in defense. And Felipe Anderson is doing that. So that's important too. Yeah, for sure. And sticking with the kind of Lazio uh, connection, Tommy, uh, Inter obviously uh, got another win under their belt away at Hellas Verona. Um, they went a goal down. Lautaro Martinez equalised, uh, but it was Joaquin Correa, former Lazio man, uh, who really made the difference in the end with two fantastic goals. I know it's really early on in the season, but we are seeing that Inzaghi's signings so far are having quite a strong impact, aren't they? Yeah, it was a it was a very important win for them. Very important. If you want to win the league, you have to go through these very hard games. Um, and I've, the, the the goal that they conceded was a bit, a bit silly. But if you play from the back and if you do it every single time, and if it's something so important and part of the way you play, I think you know that you're going to concede some silly goals during the season. Um, obviously, the pros of starting from the back are you know uh, overcome the fact of conceding a few stupid goals during the season. Um, but they, they, it happened and they still managed to, to overcome it. Um, they tried loads of different things to, 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 to score and then in the end it came from a throw-in, uh, from a great movement from Jacko. and um, that really shows how, in player, how important player is. We were saying last time how he's, he's, he can be a goal scorer, but he's a great striker uh, in terms of movements and assists and creating space for other players. And that's what he did for Lautaro. He... Um, he came in closer to the to the throw in. He, he's a very high player, very tall player. So um, yeah, he touched the ball with the head and then served it to Lautaro perfectly. Um, and then for Correa, is an interesting one. You can you can really tell why Inter didn't go for other names that uh, they were linked to, like Zaccagni or Turam. Uh, Inzaghi trusts him. He he loved. He really likes him, and you can see it this time as Lazio. Even when he didn't perform his best, he was still believing in him. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a great striker that can play as a second striker, so behind the, the first, or he can, um, he's very good to enter into the area. Uh, and technically, he's phenomenal, in my opinion. He's another one that might lack a bit of consistency, like we were saying about Felipe Anderson. But who knows, under this, uh, this the Anthony Zaghi at Inter, with players like Jacob Chalonoglu next to him, he could really become um, a, a, one of the best players in this league and really make a difference for Inter. Vittorio, as a Lazio man, is it kind of bittersweet watching somebody like Simone Inzaghi and then Joaquin Correa sort of continuing to do well, but doing it in intercolours? Well, you know, it's today that I'm trying to remember Correa scoring with a header. I don't remember a goal from him <laughs> like that. Uh, I remember a lot of miss 
from Korea. So yeah, it, it was surprising seeing scoring like that. But I, I always said during the last year that Korea's talent is unbelievable. Uh, he's very fast and fits perfectly with uh, Simone Inzaghi's type of football. So um, as Tommy said, a little bit like Felipe Anderson, he's, he has too many ups and downs. And the biggest difference is probably he missed too many chances. But if he starts scoring, then he's terrific. And it's the perfect signing for, for Inter. Honestly, I would have thought Inzaghi would have asked another number nine because Zeko is a good player, but do we believe he's going to be able to play all season long? I don't think so. So I think Inter is lacking of a number, another number nine. But Correa is a very talented player. Um, we're happy because he wanted to leave. I'm sorry that he asked for um, go away, but this will provide Lazio hopefully money to sign another player. Yeah, well, I don't think sure. it would have fit in Sarri's formation anyway, Correa. What do you think? I, I think he would. But the problem is the mindset. If he wanted to stay, then he could have a chance. But, you know, if you're staying because you're forced to, then it's useless. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we see that so often now, don't we? Players yeah. kind of put throwing their toys out of the pram and essentially kind of engineering moves away, forcing their clubs into a position where they've got to sell them. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, especially now with the, the financial climate, the way it is, especially in Serie A, you feel that the clubs will probably be in a position where they have to uh, meet those demands more often than not to secure the financial futures of their clubs. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Milan because, of course, we didn't talk about them at all on the last episode. That's because they hadn't played uh, by the time we recorded. They uh, they played their game on the Monday night. 4-1 uh, win over Cagliari. Uh, brilliant free kick uh, from uh, Tonali, Tommy. Uh, this feels like the season that Tonali really needs to kind of step it up doesn't he there's been a lot of hype around him he's, he's somebody that's very highly rated that's how I feel about Tonali that this is the season now to to show himself as a top player For, before we get into Milan in, in in a wider kind of conversation what are your thoughts on Tonali because when he shows his glimpses like that you do feel like this is a real talent well yeah he's, he's been a player that it was a bit of a disappointment last season um he didn't replay as well as people expected. He didn't replay as often as people expected. Um, but he really showed some character, starting from the fact that he um, he accepted a, a, a pretty big pay cut to stay in Milan. Says says a lot about the, about the character of the of the, um, of the player, especially nowadays where players move team, uh, even just the other side of the river, just for a few more p's. You know, um, he decided to have a pay cut at twenty years old to stay in his in his club. That really says a lot. Um, and I found very interesting as well when he said in an interview that he said, last season, it was bad for me. No alibis. And I mean, you could, you could find a lot of alibis. He's, he, he moved from Brescia, a very small team, to uh, one of the biggest teams in Italy in terms of history and, um, and at 20 years old. Uh, and it wasn't a starting choice. He had to find his space. So, I mean, you, can, you could find a few alibis, but he said himself, no alibis, I had a bad season. This is the, the season for me to, to prove my, uh, that, that he's worth that jersey. And, and he's, been, he's been very good against Sampdoria as well. He played well. And yesterday, he got a free kick out of nowhere. No one expected that. I didn't even know he could take free kicks that well. To be fair. <laughs> um, and yeah, well, he's in a good position at the moment because, of course, Cassie, Cassie is not back. Um, he might leave as well in the last couple of days. 
um, Bakayoko is arriving, but he's not there yet. So he had a bit, he had the chance to, to to show his talent. And sometimes this this is what you need. Uh, a couple of games where the starting player is not playing, and that's how you become a starter. I'm thinking players like Pogba, Juventus. Uh, he wasn't started, and then I don't remember who, but a few of the starters weren't really. Um, yeah, were unavailable for for injury, and then he had a few games, and it was incredible. Since then, he started playing more and more. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to have the same career as Pogba, but because <laughs> of these few games at the beginning, he might have actually a chance to to play more. And then, if you play more, if you have confidence, that's all you need. He has talent, so all he needs is confidence and and you know, be there with his head. Yeah, for sure. Um, Vittorio, uh, Olivier Giroud also opened his Milan account. Uh, really cool finish for the uh, for the first goal. Uh, opened up his body, put it in the far corner with his left foot. And then, of course, he, he converted from the penalty spot. We talked a lot at various points last season about the fact that Zlatan kept picking up injuries and that, you know, they didn't really have a natural centre forward. Giroud, feels like a really good fit to me for Milan. What do you make of him? And do you think he can be that man to, to help them along in that area? I, I think the only question mark on Giroud is his age, right? Probably with, with a, a player like Zlatan, you would go and sign a youngster, someone younger than him. Uh, Giroud is slightly younger, but not that much. But I mean, talking about the talent of Giroud, there, there are no question mark there. He's great professional. He won everything. He has huge experience. He's a winning player. Uh, so, you know, I think it's a good signing. My question mark, again, you already have Ibrahimovic and you don't know how many matches will, he will play this year. Giroud is another player that doesn't guarantee you the, the, the chance of playing all those matches. The biggest question mark I have this year with Milan is the Champions League. The biggest difference compared to last year is that they have the Champions League. Now, Champions League is starting later. So we will see the impact this team will have with the Champions League. But with only the Serie A, Milan can really fight for the Scudetto this year because they've done good signing. Yes, they lost Donnarumma, uh, they lost Chalonoglu, but they, they, Maldini has been very smart this year. And I think Giroud is a perfect signing that can definitely help the team. Again, injury, playing twice a week. How will they cope with that? I, I don't know because... Giroud didn't play that much with Chelsea in the last couple of years, right? Uh, two years ago, he was linked with Lazio. It was already done, almost done, because he wasn't playing that much. So it's his talent is great. He's maybe not scoring that much, but helped definitely the team. So I love the player. The question is, maybe I would sign him three, four years ago. Yeah, and you're right. He hasn't played a lot of football uh, in recent seasons. He's always been a bit of an an impact sub. He's he's been given the odd start in in European competition and in cup competitions. But you you're right. You know, it's a big change for Juru now to have to at his age essentially say, right, I need to be fit enough to play every single week now, and at times twice a week. I think you're right. The Champions League uh, could have a big impact. Um, Tommy. Vittorio mentioned Chalanoglu there, who's obviously gone to Inter and he's, he, you know, he started his career there pretty well. Uh, Brahim Diaz is is the man that people are kind of looking at as someone who can kind of step up and, and and replace him and fill that hole. Do you think he's up to it? He's not the same player. Um, yeah, I think it's very different tactically and talent-wise as well. Chalanoglu was a, a difference maker, in my opinion. Um, I think that's the biggest that, that's the biggest thing that Milan didn't do in the transfer market. I'm a big fan of Giroud, and I think it was a great signing. I think if they had 
uh, replace Chernoglu with an equally good player, which of course is very hard. It's easy to say, but it's very hard to actually do. Um, they will definitely be up there for the Scudetto talk. Um, Brian Diems has been very good in the first couple of games. He looks like a different player. Um, but I think playing with Giroud gives you different different options as well. Um, Brian Diaz uh, can play around him. He can play in the middle. Can You can see they was drifting wide a lot. A lot. Obviously, they start with the 4-2-3-1, but it looks a lot um, like they were shifting to 4-4-2 sometimes. Um, and there's another player like Leao. Uh, you you got to think that Leao and Diaz weren't started last season. They were both coming off the bench. Uh, Rebic was always the first choice, and Ibrahimovic and Charanoglu. So both of these players have been playing very well in the first two games. And and yeah, there's um, it's very good prospect for the rest of the season. I do think September would be a huge test for Milan, but not just for them, for Juventus, Inter. As yeah. They're going to start playing every three days, all these teams. Uh, every, all the teams that are qualified for for European competitions, um, that would, um, as usual, having a big squad depth is going to be a huge advantage for this team. Um, and obviously, you're going to have to be lucky with injuries as well, and you have to be good as well at preserving players. Um, and yeah, playing, having your your B team to play a lot in the Europe as well, but at the same time, uh, don't lose. So it's going to be tough for all these all these um, all these teams. In August, we've seen these two two games, and there was a lot of promise, promising things. Most of the teams we expected to win won, other than Juventus. Now September will be the real test, and really give us an idea of which teams are up there for the conversation <clears throat> for the Scudetto. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Vittorio, I want to get your thoughts on on Roma because um, obviously we haven't spoken since they kicked off the season. Jose Mourinho in charge, seven goals scored. Uh, Tammy Abraham making an impact. Uh, you know, I thought he was really, really good in their opening game, and then of course uh, he opened his Serie A account with a goal uh, against Salernitana yesterday. Um, what do you make first of all of of the signing of Tammy Abraham, and how do you think Jose Mourinho will fare? I think it's a perfect signing for Roma. I mean, uh, Zeko was a sort of a problem for them because uh, he had a high salary, uh, was for a, a captain, then he was removed from the captaincy. Uh, but it was tough to bench Zeko, who we said doesn't score anymore a lot. And Roma needs a number nine that scores. I'm surprised how Tommy started. Uh, I didn't expect it to see him performing immediately so well. But, you know, it, it's a good signing. It's an expensive signing. Let's not forget because it's 40 million euros for Roma. So it's not a cheap signing. They expect a lot from him. Um, again, like for Milan, we're going to see what happens in September when, you know, after a couple of matches, uh, because I don't think the depth of Roma is huge, but the starting 11 is quite good. Uh, we know that the quality of Mourinho is that the team, trust the manager, they follow him. Uh, so Roma has started very well. It's true that Salernitana is probably one of the weakest teams in Serie A. They just parked the bus in front of the goal and hoped to, to get one point, which didn't work out. Uh, they struggled even in the first match of the season. So, um, but, you know, uh, if, if they don't get a lot of injury, there's the question mark of Zaniolo as well. Roma can fight for, for the top position, I think. Not sure about the Scudetto, but it, this depends a lot on Juventus and Inter. If they start to struggle, then definitely Roma can be there. But I think they did a very smart transfer market this summer. So they're going to be competitive, definitely. 
Yeah, very smart and very expensive as well. Uh, Tommy, um, just talking about Roma uh, briefly, I was I was reading something yesterday where somebody had written that, and I, I forget who it was, and I, I hate when I do this because I should give credit to the article, uh, but I read an article where some of, somebody was basically saying that if you could pick one Serie A squad that fit Mourinho's management style best, it would be this Roma squad. I don't know if I agree with that. Do you, what's your kind of take on that? Um, well, it's tough to say. Um, you, you definitely got to give credit to Mourinho because the team is very similar to last season's, um, minus Spinazzola, who's obviously will come back um, in next year. Um, but other than that, yeah, Jekyll and, and Tammy is really the only change. Yeah, Tammy um, with Jack, for Jekyll and uh, Vigna for, for, for Spinazzola. So it's basically the same team as last season, but they've been, they've been performing incredible so far. Four winners out of four, including the Conference League. A uh, lot of confidence. You can see the goal from Vertur yesterday. It, it was incredible. Uh, you, haven't, you haven't seen Roma scoring goal like this in, in a lot of time. So Sammy started with, a, with something like a nutmeg back here or something like that in the midfield. Then he crossed it to the other side in a few first touches and Veritur was 1-1 with the keeper. That really shows you that it's, it, that's manager, that's a manager, um, uh, that's a manager goal in my opinion. Uh, a lot of confidence in the heads uh, and that's also thanks to the manager. So I think Mourinho has been doing very well so far. Again, the biggest, uh, the biggest test will be in September where they're going to face stronger teams. And they're going to have the, the European competition as well, although not as as, um, as strong as the Champions League. The opponents will not be as strong as the Champions League ones, but that will be a, a really good test. And it might be it might be a good chance for them to uh, sneak in the first positions when Inter, Juventus, and all these teams will struggle in the Champions League. And then once you're up there, the, like I said, confidence is there. And who knows? They might they might um, have a very good second part of the season and finish in the top four. I, I never want to judge Mourinho when things are going well. I want to judge Mourinho That's when true. things go the other way because I think at times in, in the past, particularly in recent seasons, he's not always been able to manage the 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 kind of the difficult moments. He's ended up falling out with players. He gives off a, an aura that a lot of people don't respond to well. It leads to negative things being written about him in the press and then the whole narrative towards Jose Mourinho changes and shifts quite quickly. I think, Tommy, you're, you're a Spurs man. If you think back to when he, he first joined Spurs, you know, there was this big hype. You know, if you watch the Amazon documentary, for example, he kind of sells himself as this new reformed character. And then very quickly, when things aren't going well, it, it, he goes back to the Mourinho that we all know. So I'm very conscious. I don't know if you agree, Vittorio, of making big kind of judgments on, on Mourinho now when things are going well. I want to see how he responds to the difficult times. I think Vittorio's frozen there. Well, I, I, go well, ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll take a spot for the moment. Um, yeah, I just want to say that I think Mourinho's in a very different position now that he is uh, compared to when it was a Spurs. Uh, when he came to Spurs, there was a lot of question marks. I mean, I don't want to dwell too much into it, but he came as a winner, someone that can win straight away, uh, that will take Spurs in, you know, they haven't won a trophy, obviously, in, in quite a long time. And it was going to be the manager to do that almost straight away. Um, the fans weren't too sure about him as well, because obviously for his Chelsea past, and he, you know, he said he'd never go to Spurs, and he did. So there was a bit of uncertainty, and again, there was high expectation on winning straight away, because obviously Spurs also have a very good team, Kane and this and that. 
Well, Rome is different. He said multiple times that in its time, um, they're not, they're, he's not expecting to win anything straight away. And the fans absolutely love him to pieces. Is I've never seen so much excitement in the Roma around a manager or a player in such a long time. So yeah, I agree. Um, we, now things are going well. Everyone loves him, and he's handling very well. Things are going wrong. We'll have to see. It. But I think he's a different position. Um, he's not expected to win straight away, uh, and he's there to kind of rebuild a bit. Um, and the, the selling Jekyll was was a big part of the rebuild. Um, so, so yeah, who knows? I think I think he'll do well, though. I have high expectations. Victoria, just coming back to you because I know the connection dropped out there. I was just saying that I think that Mourinho needs to be judged when things yep. are not necessarily going so well. Is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, I agree. You know, there is massive hype here in Rome about Mourinho. I have Roma friends that are thinking about the Scudetto now. So, uh, and and that's that, <laughs> that's typical of Roma fans and Mourinho. So I, I, I'm not surprised about this amazing start. It's typical of Mourinho football. As Tommy said, when there's going to be problems that's when we see if we are back to the old Mourinho the the one that won the triplet with the Inter or the one of the last years because even in Manchester United in Tottenham he started well and then when problems arise um, he wasn't able to cope with them and Rome is a very difficult city to to win because when you lose then you know that player is rubbish you have to sell it. The manager doesn't understand nothing. So it's going to be interesting to see how Mourinho will react with journalists, with fans, etc. Now it's all, you know, a big party. We are going to win the Scudetto. Zaniolo is the best player of the world and so on. It, it, don't laugh because it's like this. I had a friend of mine uh, one week ago and said, hey, we're going to win the Scudetto this year with Mourinho. And I was like, are you serious or are you joking? No, look, we have the best team in Italy. And I said, okay, if you believe so. But this is this is Rome. So you know, now Roma is the best team in the world. If they're gonna lose against Juventus, we're gonna be a second division team. So you have to cope with this up and downs, and it's not very easy. Mourinho has experience, but I think he lost something in the past three years. Uh, as Tommy was saying, they're not fighting for the scudetto, but the fans do believe that they are really in that race. So you know, it's not gonna be easy. But that really shows you the Joe's effect. Uh, if they kept Fonseca, for example, and they had the same exact team, same exact result, after one game, fans would have never said that. They'd no. be like, yeah, yeah, maybe this year we're going to do well. We're going to you know, hate the Champions League. But Jose wins a couple of games, then they're going to win the league. And that's, that's positive, in my opinion. Of course, it, it, if it's funny for lots of fans like Vittorio. Uh, he can't wait for them to fall and, and <laughs> laugh about it. But um, fan sentiment, I think, is huge in, in football. Um, especially now the fans are back uh, when they play when they're going to play the next game at home with the stadium half full of of you know with a lot of fans they're gonna they're gonna really get behind the team and think that's gonna make a difference definitely, definitely. and and this is one of the positive things fans are back because Mourinho's there and this is a great message for the fans I love the signing because it's it sends a huge message to the fans and the fans of Roma believe them they're going to go massive to the stadium and they're going to cheer the team and help them. I'm not sure they're going to fight for the Scudetto, but, you know, this is definitely a, a, a perfect move. If the fans understand that they're not ready for the Scudetto, it's going to be a... They can achieve something. Obviously, yeah. 
Uh, well, sorry, I think I think they, uh, if, if, even though a lot of them are saying about winning the league and all that, I still think that if at the end of the season they finish fourth, so in the top four, they'll still be very happy. They're not going to see it as a disappointment, of course, because I, I think that they, they say they want to win the Scudetto, but they don't really believe it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, you, you can correct me there, but even if they finish top four, I think they'll be very happy and that will um, carry some a lot of positives for next season and it might create momentum, who knows? My, my biggest concern, and Tommy probably knows it better, is that Mourinho is going to fill out with a player, with maybe the sport director or someone in the club, etc., and things are going to collapse. That's my only concern with Mourinho at Roma. If this doesn't happen, I think Roma will have a great season. Yeah, that is a that is a, a kind of thing that that you do worry about when it comes to Mourinho in recent seasons. And I'm not, you know, when when I say this stuff about Mourinho, I don't want people to take it in the way that, you know, uh, I I look at him and because I'm an Arsenal fan and he's an ex-Tottenham and ex-Manchester United and Chelsea manager that I'm I'm always looking for something to pick on. I just genuinely don't feel that we see the same Mourinho now that we saw six or seven seasons ago. I think we he's changed as a character. I think the game has changed. And I think some of his methods are no longer applicable uh, to the kind of modern dressing room. I, yeah, I mean, but, we can say the same thing uh, about Ancelotti, right? I'm surprised Ancelotti signed for Real Madrid. I think he's a manager going down. And I think Mourinho's the same thing. My opinion, if, if Mourinho... Yeah, I agree that Mourinho's not the same as he was six, seven years ago. But if he was, it wouldn't be a Roma, wouldn't it? It would be... <laughs> Juventus, maybe, or you know, still among United, Chelsea, whatever. Um, I think he knows that he changed as a manager. He's not at the top of the game again. And so he challenged himself to go into a, a, a lower team. I mean, you know, a lower team compared to the top top of the Europe, European ones. Um, and it's a good challenge for him. It, this might be his new dimension. This is this, this could be what he is now. And yeah, uh, it, it, although it might be likely that he's gonna have some issues with some players or some someone inside. The team is not guaranteed. He might not, and he might carry his momentum and keep the fans on his side for the for the whole time, and uh, and yeah, create something special for them. I think I, as I, well. Go, go on, Victoria. Go. No, go sorry. Ahead. I was. I just wanted to say that probably this is the first season where Lazio and Roma are the most exciting team to follow because you have on one side Mourinho, who is an entertainment. It's exciting to see the press conference, etc. And on the other side, Sarri, that is a manager that usually uh, makes team play amazing football. While, you know, Pioli at Milan, is it that excited? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, Inzaghi is a question mark. He's, I think he's a good manager, but I, I have question mark. Allegri is not someone that really play amazing football. So, you know, for the first time, probably in ages, Lazio and Roma are the most interesting team of the Serie A. Not saying they're winning the Scudetto, but the most interesting to play. Yeah. <laughs> just before, he was just making sure before somebody cuts the clip out of Vittorio <laughs> saying Lazio going to win the league. Uh, but no, the, the Mourinho thing is is right. You know, I think that if he, if people are willing to, to change their mindset around Mourinho as being a manager of this level, so with all due respect to Roma, but a manager of that level, he could probably do a really good job and probably you know, be regarded again as someone who, who is overachieving. But I think it's very difficult as people who have, have grown up, especially during an era where Jose Mourinho was the best in the business, to now seeing him manage this kind of second tier level club. Um, 
and 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 sort of thinking that that is where he belongs and that is where he should be. So it's about conditioning yourself, I think, to to understand where Mourinho is as a manager um, and, and the the kind of environment in which he's working currently. But I think we are going to leave it there. It's been a fantastic episode. Uh, my thanks, as always, uh, to Tommy. Tommy, how can people keep up with you on social media and the fantastic work that you do? Uh, well, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Tommy Mila, M-I-L-A. Um, lots of spurs content, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> for you uh, there. But, yeah. I have thought a few times about unfollowing you. I'm not going to lie, especially when, <laughs> especially when I see things. You know what? I'll be honest. <laughs> this is not going to make me gain any followers, but I'm going to say my my profile is a bit boring um, because <laughs> when you when you work for a club, you can't really yeah. say too much. You know, yeah. I mean, of course, in this podcast, I'm talking about Serie A, so something completely different and far away from from Spurs. But if you know, if we if you win, then you, obviously you can send a positive tweet. If we lose, there's not really much you can say as, as working for a club um, rather than being a fan. So, yeah. so yeah, I try to, I try to find the balance there. Yeah, no, it must be tough. It must be tough. Uh, Vittorio, how can people keep up with you and and follow you on social media? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Vittorio Campa. And obviously, if you're a Lazio fan or you want to see how Sari do at Lazio, there's Lazio Lounge, the podcast I do in English about Lazio. So you can follow me there brilliant stuff make sure you go and check both these guys out uh thank you to you both thank you to you guys for tuning in as always make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you're new leave us a review on apple uh if that is your preferred method of listening and we'll be back uh, very very soon with some more serial talk until then ciao $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.